to Joy Christian Center. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, please join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. Our services last about an hour. We pray that today's message will inspire and challenge you. All right, I tell you what, let's just open up with a word of prayer. How about we do that? Let's just get going with it. Father, we thank you so much for the time that we have together today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your life. We thank you for the spirit that indwells each one of us. Father God, we thank you today that we're not going to hide, slide, or divide in this hour that we're living in, but we're going to move forward and accomplish what you've called us to do. We thank you, Lord. You've placed gifts and callings within each and every one of us. You put us in the earth at just now, this time, that we can accomplish things for your glory. So Father God, once again today, we lift our hands. We lift our hearts. We lift our heads up unto you. And we know that you're our Lord, our Savior. We thank you, Father God, for sending your word. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you for sending your spirit that we might live that life victorious in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Good to have you here with us today as we've already started off talking about. Uh, and we want to we wanna pick up on some things. And, and you see up here, well, they've taken it down now, but here I am, send me. That's kind of what we're talking about. Here I am. We want to be sent by God to accomplish. We are being sent by God and have been sent by God to accomplish certain things uh, in the earth at this time. You remember last week, Pastor Brian, uh, he, early in the, in the message, he asked a question. He says, what happens uh, when God knocks? What happened when God knocks? Well, you see, he's good to touch us. He's going to reach out for us because he wants us to use the things that he's placed within us to bring him glory. And for, and for, for, for many people, some, some people never you know, figured that out. They never found that out. They don't even know about it. They go to churches and places and sit. They don't ever think about, well, you know, God, you're going to use me? Sure, he's going to use these things he wants to do. In fact, remember last week that, that uh, Pastor Brian, he had this, I guess you called it his Here I Am dance, where he did this thing and threw his arms out. If you didn't see it, you can go online and watch it. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's above my pay grade. I'm not doing that. Okay, there it is. There it is. Whoop, there it is. Right there. That's how it works, folks. There should be exciting days we're living in. If you came here today and you're downcast, you're in the dumps, or you're gloomed, uh, maybe you're troubled about many things. We're going to show you a story in the Bible about somebody like that. But if you're troubled about things today, all I tell you to do is lay it all over on Jesus. He said we could cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Well, if he's already told me to cast them over, what am I walking around with them for? We need to let him hold them, let him have them, and move beyond those things. Well, anyhow, Pastor Brian, you know, he, he read also some scripture there out of, uh, out of Ephesians and talked about how the, the Apostle Paul, talking to the people of Ephesus, how that he told them that, that his prayer was that, that they would know him. Same thing for us today, that we would know him, that they would see clearly, that they would know why they're here, and that his church would be awesome. Remember, that's kind of how he wrapped it up last week. And so we want to pick back up on that today, talking about some things. And, and, and I want to start kind of with a, with a story, because... Uh, this, uh, this, this young girl, many years ago, Teresa and I were working in a, uh, a church down in the southern part of the United States shortly after we had uh, uh, came out of Bible school. And, and there was this little girl there that had been adopted in her family, and she was having difficulty accepting that adoption. And, and her parents were, you know, they were distressed, and they were hurt, and they said, look, could you please talk with her? Because, you know, we, we want her to understand. You know, you know, years ago, they had all that stuff with Oprah and different ones trying to get people to find out who their biological parents was and which tree they fell out of. I don't know, all that crazy stuff. But anyhow... This girl was disturbed. You know, she wanted to know. She wanted to know more about her biological parents and, and was causing difficulty in the, in the home for them. And so Teresa and I agreed to meet with them, and, and we did. We set it up. 
to meet with her. And as we met with her, we found out something that, uh, that, that there was a great love for her, for her parents that she had, but she was concerned about her logical parents. And so I told her, Teresa and I sent sitting there talking with her. And I said, look, I said, of all the kids that are born in the world, you got, you, you got blessed because your parents picked you out of the many, many children that are born across the millions of kids that are born. I said, you know, I didn't get to pick my parents. They didn't get to pick me. What I got was them. What they got was me. I said, that's the way it is for those of us who are born naturally to our family. I said, but your parents of all the babies in the whole world they could have picked they picked you and chose you and that was uh, before we left there that kid was so motivated she was ready to adopt a kid when she got older I mean she was pumped up and if we think about it look at this oh where'd the t-shirt go I was going to mention the t-shirt the t-shirt I saw up here it says here am I what are your other two wishes now, you know, that's a pretty bold person going to wear that around, pretty confident in themselves, wouldn't you say? And I look at that, and I say, well, you know, the only person really, I guess, that's worthy to wear a shirt like that might be Jesus, uh, uh, because it could say, here I am, what are your other two dreams? What are your other two dreams? And, and more than two, even. What are your dreams? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to have come into your life? Because he's there to help us with it. You know, I didn't put this particular verses up there for you, but in Hebrews chapter 10 through 13, it really talks about uh, how that because of Jesus, God has many sons and daughters. He's made it possible, and he's the only one that could make that possible for us to be a son or a daughter of the most holy, but he was able to do that. But further down in the verse there, it gets down to verse 13, and really uh, it's drawing from a passage out of Isaiah 8 where Isaiah, you know, some of the message he had that people would reject. Well, then Isaiah was trying to get them to understand and, and, and to recognize just the awesomeness of God, who he is. But, but, but also, there's a passage there that's used in Hebrews that reflects back on Isaiah 8, which is really talking about what Jesus does for us. And listen to what it says. It says, in 13, it says, I'll put my trust in him, first of all. Isaiah 17 says that. It says, I'll put my trust in him. And then it comes up and follows up in Isaiah 18 to where it says, here I am and the children you've given me. In other words, Jesus is with us. He's with us before the Father. He, he wants us to be with him and he wants to be with us. He wants to, to bring us before the Father and present the things that we're doing. And, and, and you know, he's really, he's our advocate. And if you really look at it, even though he sent his spirit to be our advocate, but it is, it's because of him that we can trust God and the things are taking place. And I don't know, as I said, where you're at in your life today, but I want you to, to, to stir yourself and get excited on the inside about you can be alive in God and you can be alive to the things of God and what he's called you to do. Because there's a lot of squirrely things happening in the world right now. And we didn't be very secure in what we're doing and realize that God is all about family. He's all about family. In fact, it says in Acts 17, 26, it says, God began by making one person and from him came all the different people who live everywhere in the world. God decided exactly when and where they must live. And then the King James says it this way. He made of one blood all nations. I'm so glad I was born in the U.S. of A. I don't know about you and how you feel about it. I'm glad I wasn't born in some other country. There's lots of countries I like and countries wouldn't be so bad to be born in. But I'm thankful that God put me right here in the U.S. of A. in the country that we live in. Even with the, the situations our country gets into at times, I'm still thankful to be a part of this country. And God put you where you are because that's where he wanted you to be. Perhaps you were born in another country and God brought you here. It doesn't really matter. You're here. And that's what it's all about. It's where you are. It's where God is. And where God is, that's where you are in your life. And if you recognize that and understand that, it doesn't matter. If you're standing here in the U.S. of A., if you're, if you're gifted to go out and, 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 and to, to talk to people and encourage people, guess you'd do the same thing. It wouldn't matter if you're in, in Libya or if you're in Afghanistan or if you're in Africa. It wouldn't matter where you were. If you're an encourager, you can encourage anywhere. Whatever gifting you have inside you can be activated and worked in any nation on the earth. 
because God has given you the ability to bring people to the knowledge of him and what he's about. Well, I like to say it this way too, that, that uh, we didn't have an ETA. You've heard that expression, maybe you were traveling somewhere and they say ETA, what's your estimated time of arrival? I, I, I believe we have a DTA, a determined time of arrival. There was a time and it doesn't matter. You say, wait a minute, my doctor, I was born by C-section, it was so-and-so. It doesn't matter, God told the doctor when to do it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't outrun God. Whatever, whatever it is, is, is God's working in your life. But not only do we have a determined time of arrival, but we also have a determined time of departure too, a DTD. And that's for everybody, whether it's through rapture or whether we go beforehand, uh, we have that determined time. And in the meanwhile, what's it all about? We've got work to accomplish. We've got work to accomplish. Ephesians 2.10 says, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that we should walk in. That means we should do them. We should be active about the work uh, that he's put before us to do. Now, I don't put this one up on the screen either, but I'm going to read it to you. It says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. That's the Amplified. It's got a lot of words in it. Basically what it means is we've been appointed. We had a place, and God brought us to that place, and that's why we're here today. It was appointed for you to be here. You might say, well, I didn't know I was going to be here today. That's all right. God knew it. He knew you'd be here today. And, then, and really, John 15, 16 talks about how that we are planted for, and placed, and you can look at it, you know, you're, you're put into a place where God planted you there where that you can bear fruit, something that you can do for him that's going to bring him glory. And, and, and some people, they, they, they're hard on themselves. They don't realize many times it's little things that we do in life that is God-inspired, God-led. He gave us the ability to accomplish and do those things uh, to bring him glory in some form or fashion. Now, 1 Peter 4.10 in the Philip says, serve one another with the particular gifts God has given each of you as faithful dispensers of the magnificently varied grace of God. Now, it's a dispenser. I remember, I remember this meal I worked for at one time years ago, a factory, and uh, they produced, you know, yarn type thing. But anyhow, in this factory, there was a guy there, and uh, they had various dispensers, you know, they had all kinds of things, everything from apples to, to candy bars. And this guy, man, he was like a candy junkie. He loved his sweets. I mean, he was some kind of happy when he had candy in his hand. Well, he figured out this one dispenser that uh, if he'd get over and he'd take the handle and move it a certain way and snap it real quick, he could get it to drop two, sometimes even three, that he'd get out of it. So here he is trying to teach all these other guys, yeah, pull on this and it'll do. I thought, man, you're going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. That's stealing. You know, for one thing, it's stealing. It's wrong to do it. But he was trying to work that dispenser for his good. And I thought to myself, I said, sometimes, going along with this verse here, that we're dispensers, we are, of God's goodness, of his grace and glory. We share that with the world. And I think sometimes, have you ever had one of those dispensers where maybe you bought a pack of chips or something, it got to the very end and just hung and didn't come? What did you do? Did you just walk away sad? No, you grabbed that machine and started shaking. You better come on with those chips. <laughs> You're coming out of here. Well, <clears throat> I think sometimes that's what God needs to do to us to some degree. He needs to just kind of shake us a little bit because we're his dispensers and get us ready to go do the business for him. It says in Romans 10, 14, and you've read it many times, how are people going to hear and how are they going to believe unless a preacher's sent? 
And some people think, well, I'm not ordained. I didn't go to Bible school. You don't have to. That, that word preacher, if you go back and you begin to study it out from the Greek and get the word picture that goes with it, that word picture is talking about uh, an officer in the king's court. It was a very high and a very noble position that the king would set degrees and things. You know, he'd have things that he wanted to accomplish. And he would give them to the speaker. The speaker would go out there and he would begin to tell them, this thus saith the king. And he'd say all these things the king said, just as if the king were there. That's what that word's talking about, that you're going out, you're heralding, you're proclaiming something that, from the king. And it was a good position, very noble, as I said, a very high position. That's the position that you have in Christ. God's given you things to go out and share with the world, to proclaim what the king has said, things that can be accomplished and, and be done because the king has given you those abilities to do that. You might say, well, I don't know what my abilities are. I'm so glad you said that because we have a thing called step three in growth track. And that will help you. If you go to step, look at the person's side of you, step three, tell them step three, growth track. Now, some of you are looking and say, been there, done that. Well, that's good. Are you using it? I hope you are. I trust you are. But if not, go to step three in growth track when it comes up and you'll find out some of the things that you have inside of you. They, they help you, uh, take you through a course of some study there that will help you locate things about yourself. You know, when it comes to the gifts that are inside of us, and everybody has them, I mean, everybody's got something in them that can be used for God. Uh, Paul told Timothy, a young minister there, he told Timothy at one point there, uh, I believe it was in 1 Timothy uh, 4, he, he tells him, he says, he says, Timothy, don't neglect that gift in you. Don't neglect it. It's there. In other words, you're going to have to give something to it. You're going to have to, to utilize that gift, take it and begin to, to, to put it in, in use. And then, and then you move over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and he tells him, he said, fan the flames of that gift. And though we're stir that gift up. Get that gift, man. Get it red hot, ready to be used. Because God wants you to take that thing into the world and help others with that. He's placed it in you. It's an ability in you, but he's used it for others. Somebody said this. And I don't know who said it because it's unknown, but it said, most of the problems in life are because of two reasons. We act without thinking or else we keep on thinking without acting. We act without thinking or we keep on thinking without acting. That's very simple, but there's, there's a certain element of profoundness to it as well if you really think about that. You can't just think about something. You've got to go out and put it, in, put it in motion, put it in practice, put it in use. Now, we're going to talk just for a minute here about duty and devotion because you can be devoted in, in, in what you're doing is so close to God and things you want to accomplish, but you can also do things out of duty and in, in proximity. In other words, you're, you're doing things, but, but it's not really from the heart anymore. Remember when the prophet talked about how the, that uh, from the Word of God where he was sharing how that they, they, they're, they're following him with their lips or saying things, talking Christianese, whatever way you want to express it, but their hearts were far from it, far from God. That can happen. People can do that. We want to take a look here at a story, though, out of Luke 10. And it's one you, you, you're familiar with. If, if you've been in this church very long, you've heard this over the last couple of years. You've heard it for sure. But it says in Luke 10, 38 through 42, it says, As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner, and she was preparing she came to Jesus and said, look, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Now, scholars, scholars have trouble with the name of that town. The town was Bethany. Some of them say it means this. Some of them say it's a house of unripe figs. Some say it's a house of misery. 
Uh, some say a house of dates, house of the poor, house of the afflicted. There's different names they use for this particular city, Bethany. And obviously by some of the names that are being used, they're, they're kind of in a negative sense. Probably there were a lot of sick people, a lot of poor people. It probably was not, you know, some of the, you know, one of the best areas in, in the whole area. Uh, but, uh, but in the midst of it, Jesus, you know, there was this family. They were friends of his. Some scholars believe that they were prominent people, some, probably the most prominent in the town. It's for, certainly for sure one of the most prominent and uh, possibly you know, had some wealth to them in what they were doing because they were able to put up Jesus and his disciples and take care of them when they go in. But we find this deal here taking place to where Mary's there with her sister, Martha. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, this is something. When you see Mary in the Bible, if you notice, whenever they went to the tomb of Lazarus, when, when Martha came out, she went running out to Jesus. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And, and Lord, you know, I, I, you weren't here and he was sick and he died. And so she's running out talking to Jesus, telling her woes. And then, and then Jesus says, you know, he tells you, so I'm the resurrection and the life. Then they go to the tomb and here again, Martha's, Lord, don't open the tomb. Don't open the tomb. You smell. He, he's been in there four days. You don't want to open the tomb up. Even after he told her the resurrection, she still wasn't kind of connecting with it, you know. Mary, on the other hand, when she realizes that Jesus has come, her sister Martha tells her that the teacher's there and, and asking for you. Mary runs out. First thing she does, whoom, boom, down on her feet. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. She's falling at his feet again. Mary did the same thing. Whenever she was there with him in the room, she took her hair and put the oil. Remember, she anointed him with oil and used her hair to wipe it. Mary was at the feet of Jesus. Now, there's a reason she's doing that. And Jesus says here in this passage that she's discovered something. In other words, he, didn't, he was kind to Martha. He didn't say, Mary knows something you, hadn't, you don't know. He didn't say that to her. He wasn't rude or mean to her. But he told her that what Mary had was not going to be taken away from her. Because really, Martha knew the culture. She knew the situation that, that usually the, the women would go, leave the men alone, let them sit and talk. The women would help each other in the kitchen. But Mary knew something about Jesus that she had locked in her heart. She wasn't moving away. I'm going to stay here in his presence. I'm going to be with him. I'm going to hear what Jesus has got to say. She wasn't concerned about her sister. Everybody don't always agree with what you want to do. Even when it's for Jesus, even when it's for God, they don't believe the way you're doing or think, think you should be doing something different. You can't let that happen. You've got to follow God and what you're doing with your life and accomplish what he wants you to do or you'll mess up. And well, Mary wasn't going to do this. She sat right there at the feet of Jesus and, and Martha was in proximity. She could probably hear the part of the discussion, but she was not in the position that Mary was. Mary probably thought, well, when we start to cook, Jesus will help us. Maybe we'll get up and make some rice and beans or something. Just no lasagna. No lasagna. He don't want any lasagna. No, no that's me. That's me that don't want lasagna. Jesus probably would ate it. But, but, but she's looking at Jesus through a different set of eyes here than what Martha is in, in the way that she's seeing things, what he needs to be. She wanted that teaching that he was bringing before her. She wanted that necessary and important part. The work, the work could be accomplished afterwards she wanted to be in his presence. And that's a good word for us to realize today. And you, you, you might say, why? Well, Proverbs 16, 20 says, uh, those who listen and heed instruction, those who listen to God and heed his instruction, they're going to prosper. You will prosper. Now, how, what do you mean prosper? Well, it can be any area of your life. It can be your health. It can be your finances. It can be your soundness. It might be lots of things that God will prosper you. And that's his word. It's not going to fail because his word works. God didn't put a word on the earth that's going to falter and fail. He gave a word to us that we can live our life by. And Mary realized this too, that if I listen to Jesus and do what he says, I will be victorious. 
And that's a fact. He will take us to victory in what he's going to be done. You know, Jesus, Jesus had to deal with this with other people at times too. Remember, Philip, in, in the Bible, Philip was all the time, he wanted to see, tell us, show us who the Father is. Who's the Father? Let us see the Father. And Jesus, Jesus finally told him, he says, look, Philip, he says, if you've been, me with, been with me and you still don't know who the Father is, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know who the Father is. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father because he was there as the Father's example to us, just like Jesus was the example to us as well. So, and then there's times when, when people say that today, well, if I'd have lived when Jesus lived, if I'd have been here when he's in flesh and blood, let me tell you something. He sent his spirit. He told him, he says, I'm going to send another, another what? Another the same kind of comforter, a counselor, an advocate. All these things I am, you're going to get by the spirit. That's why we know sometimes when we hear something in our spirit and we pick it up, even though we haven't read it in the Bible, if we'll begin to look, I've done this before. And I've known people who have, where I get something in the spirit. And I thought, what if that's in the word? And, we go and begin to look, sure enough, there it is in the word of God. Why? Because it's the spirit of God working with the word of God to help your life be all it can be uh, and, 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 and accomplish the things that he wants us to accomplish. So, listening time is not wasted time when you're spending time with Jesus. Why? Because we have information that's important that he wants to get to us, and, and, and he'll, he'll only tell us it's important. He'll tell us why it's important sometimes. He'll let us know that. Instruction, he gives us direction. And at times, maybe even correction, he'll, he'll administer to us and give to us. And, and then also, too, spending guy, time with God will expose our vulnerabilities. Uh, maybe we've got failures or shortcomings, or, you know, Things, short-sightedness, weaknesses in our life. There's times whenever we'll, we'll find things because the sins will be laid bare when we get in his presence and he'll help us get back on track. That's what he wants to do for us. And, and really last week we saw in Pastor Brian's message, he was talking about Isaiah and how did Isaiah begin to see himself as a man of sin and unclean lips, but yet God wanted to use Isaiah. And so we sometimes want to be hard on ourselves to the point we don't even want to seek God and find out, God, you know, let, do what you want to do through me, in me, through me, and with me. Spending time in honesty with God also renews our dreams. Our expectations are placed in divine hands when we spend time in his presence, like Mary was doing. Our hopes are refreshed. And then also, too, our divine guidance and assistance will help ensure the future that God wants us to have. And it's a good future, good plans for us. Martha was distracted. That means you know, she was pulled apart or, or, or pulled away. She was agitated. She let these personal things begin to work her and, and got her off track of, of what she wanted to really or what she needed to really do. She was letting her wants and with her sister uh, affect her from that. The Lord corrected her on that. Do you know, probably when Mary was there at the foot of Jesus, I imagine it's like sometimes when you get in prayer, time just stopped. It just stopped for her. She's just concentrating on him. You know, they've done some studies on, on people, and they found out uh, people in waiting lines, like at the movies, or, or maybe they're waiting in a supermarket, or, or places like that, events even, they found out that people, after 90 seconds, they can no longer assess time. They can't gauge the time. You could go to one person after they've stood there for 90 seconds. After that 90 seconds, you could say, how long have you been standing in line? One person said, oh, about three minutes, even though it's only been 90 seconds, twice the time. They go to another person and say, how long have you been standing in line? Man, I've been standing for 10 minutes, and they still haven't helped. You ever been there? All right, remember that next time, 90 seconds. You better check it out, you know, 90 seconds, because you won't be able to gauge it if you don't, if you don't think it. But that's what they found out from people. They, they, they lose their ability uh, to to realize what time it is. And I think that's probably what happened uh, with Mary there. She just wanted to hear from Jesus. She wanted to hear from God. You know, we go in the Old Testament, we see how that Abraham, God led him with angels. We go over there and look at Moses and how he left him, led him with a burning bush. Balaam, he led him with a donkey. And you, you go th all through. Daniel had his visions. Joseph had his dreams. You take anywhere you want to go in the Bible. God always had the ability to lead when people would listen. 
All they had to do was tune in to God and let him lead them in the things that he wanted them to do. And it's no different today. The only difference is today, he's leading us by our spirit on the inside of us. And, and, and we can know what he wants us to accomplish. It was a, it was a church that Teresa and I, before, while we were still in Bible school, going to school, they were talking about you know leading, being led by God and hearing the voice of God and different things. And so it was in a children's class there and we helped out. At that time we weren't teaching, we were, we were just helping monitor the class. And so the teacher was up there leading and, and said, okay, so we want everybody to bow your heads and, uh, and we just want to see what God's telling. Just listen and see if God tells you something. Well, you know, one little kid raised their hand up, you know, God says he loves everybody, you know, and that's good, that's good, that's, that's fine. All of a sudden, another little kid over here somewhere else, God, God says for me to be kind to my brother, you know, things like that were coming out. But what was funny was Teresa and I were sitting there and, and down the row in front of us, there was a, a little boy. You remember when people, when they'd have chicken pox and they'd still, they were over it, but they still have some of the, the places, you know, where the pox was? Well, <clears throat> there was a kid down in a row in front of us and down, I don't know, maybe four or five seats away. And he had, he, was, he had recovered. His parents let, you know, the teachers know. We, we knew that he was okay, that he was no longer contagious. But he's sitting there and he had these dots on him. And so there's a little boy sitting right behind him. And all of a sudden he raises his hand up and he says, he says, God says somebody in here has chicken pox. <laughs> oh, I got to give the kid credit. He had boldness at least. He had, <laughs> he had boldness to be able to speak it out. He could have just kept his mouth shut, but he didn't. Yeah. And I just sitting there laughing, thinking about that. I think he's used his natural abilities on that one. He's eyesight and, you know, thinking. So anyhow, uh, William Shakespeare said this. He said to love all, trust a few, and do wrong to none. Now, I kind of like what he said there, except maybe trust a few. You might want to trust more than a few. If we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to learn to love each other and trust each other uh, and accomplish. It's kind of like these two brothers that were, were getting ready to, to dye some, some Easter eggs, and the mom was going to come in and boil the eggs, you know, so they, they were getting anything ready for mom. They had an egg sitting there on the tray, you know, on the, on the, on the bar. They pulled them out, and, and the, the older brother told his little brother, he said, look, he said, he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you'll let me break through these eggs over your head, I'll give you a dollar. And the little boy said, you promise? He said, yeah, I promise. I, you let me break three of these eggs over your head. When I break the third egg over your head, I'll give you a dollar. And so the little guy says, okay. He thought that was a square deal just to get messy for a buck, you know. Didn't mind getting messy anyway. So the little guy stands there and all of a sudden kind of clenches up, you know, his eyes and everything. And, and, and his brother goes, pop, let that egg hit his head. And he could feel the shell and his hair and all of it gooping down all over him. And, and he stood there and he just waited a minute. And then the brother picks up another egg and he goes, pop. Breaks another one, all that stuff's running down on him. He's feeling it ooze down his neck and behind his ears and all. And he's just standing there with his eyes closed and he's waiting. All of a sudden, nothing's happened. He says, well, what? what? You didn't do the third egg. When are you going to do the third egg? His brother started laughing. He said, I'm not. If I do that, i got to give you a dollar. So, it, <laughs> so anyhow, if you've got a rebellious young person in your home, try that. No, don't do that either. Either. Well, I want you to see something here real quick. Uh, we're going to talk about, just for a minute, you know, we, we want to understand God's nature and his character are one and the same. That's just what God's all about. And so uh, Jesus lived a flesh and blood life of trust, and he wants us to do that same thing too. So let's put some up here for him to look at, guys, if you would. Dimitri and I, we're doing trust falls. Trust fall. What's up, man? Trust fall. Dude, yes! <laughs> one. That's one. Trust 
Hey, trust fall. <laughs> Hello? Can you hear me? Weird. Trust fall. Okay. Oh, yeah! Good. Thank you. Trust fall, trust fall. All right, believe it or not, that thing's going around. There's a trend that's been going around for some time. It's called hashtag trust fall challenge. And you see all these kids doing it. Some of them have backpacks. Some of them just fall over and hit themselves on the floor. It's hilarious. Some of them, this is a couple of college guys decided to challenge each other, make a game out of it. Would you like to know which one of them won? All right, you come back next week and I'll tell you. No, <laughs> no actually, spoiler alert, it was a guy with the black hair. He's the one who won. But, uh, but anyhow, you know, trust is something. Somebody, somebody said this. And I, I think it's worth repeating that, uh, and we realize too that trust isn't from an old English word, it means faithful, but it, somebody said that life is at its weakest when there is more doubt than trust, but life is at its strongest when one learns to trust despite all doubts. And that's applied to God in the thing. We don't have to completely understand what God's doing to trust him in what he's doing because that's the way God is. You know, you don't have to have a, uh, be a psychologist to raise a good family, to raise good children, just like you don't have to know everything about your spouse. I'm talking about everything in every degree to, to have a good marriage. You don't, you, there's so many things that we think, well, we gotta know so much to do it. No, you don't have to, you don't have to get a promotion on your job to have increase. God can bring increase apart from your, from your job, from a job promotion. There's so many things that God wants wants to do if we'll put our trust in him and allow him to do those things. You know, somebody said this also. They said, what the caterpillar sees as the end of the world, God sees as the making of a butterfly. What the caterpillar, life's over, but God sees coming from that, a butterfly. And I really, really do like what uh, Max Licato wrote concerning trust. Listen to this. It says, trust simply stated is both character, who you are, and competence, your strengths and the results you produce. You have a God who hears you, the power of love behind you, the Holy Spirit within you, and all of heaven ahead of you. If you have the shepherd, you have grace for every sin, direction for every turn, a candle for every corner, and an anchor for every storm. You have everything you need as we trust God. Trust is so important if we allow him to do it. He'll make our life wonderful. He'll make our life wonderful. Does that mean we won't have trials and tribulations? Obviously, we're going to go through things. There's going to be obstacles. But if we'll stay true to him, if we'll love him and trust him, he'll get us where he needs to be and where we need to be with him in what we're doing. It's, uh, there's, a, there's a verse that, that I've shared many times through the years with different people, and, uh, and it's in 1 Peter 2.21. And really what it talks about there that, that Jesus was our example. He went through things. He suffered. But that word example, it'd be like you'd take a child's paper and you'd have a picture on it and you'd tell the child just to go around the lines and they'd go around the lines and follow it. In Jesus' day, they had wax trays that they would teach pupils with. And so that what they would do is, because the wax had to be remelted, they'd take the child's hand and help guide them through the letters initially till they could get the form. That's exactly what Jesus does with us. He takes us and leads us through life. He did. He went through suffering and obstacles he went through, but he came out. So I want to ask you this today, and I'm closing with this. i got three questions for you. First of all, well, let me read this one last scripture, if you don't mind, before, before we give you the questions. It's in Psalm 84, and it says, Our Lord and our God, you are like the sun and also like a shield. You treat us with kindness and with honor, never denying any good thing to those who live right. Lord God, all-powerful, you bless everyone who trusts you. And that's a fact, folks. If you trust him, 
He'll bless you. So I want to ask you these three questions as we close today. Who do you trust this morning? Who do you put your trust in? Or are you like that trust fall where you trust in things that let you down and, and fall over? Remember the other week when Pastor John was up here and he sat in the chair and he put all his weight on that chair and he said, that's trust. Who do you put your trust in? And then also too, whose example are you following? Who are you looking for? Who's your role model? Because you, you need to be following Christ above all else in what you're doing. And then when's the last time you told Jesus and you told, you're just sitting there praying and said, look, I'm here, Jesus. I'm here, Heavenly Father. Show me, direct me, instruct me. And I'm willing to be corrected. I just want to be with you and follow you. There's a story told about a man that was on an airline. And all of a sudden, the, the seatbelt sign came on and said, we're facing some turbulence, so please keep your seatbelt on. And, and just a short time thereafter, a couple minutes or so, it came back on and said, we won't be serving anything. The turbulence, it looks like it's going to be quite a bit of it, so we won't be serving any beverages. And so everybody's sitting there, no, no big alarm there. But then suddenly the plane began to really get rough. The ride got so rough. The plane would drop way down and lift back up and toss the side and back and forth. And it was just real scary lightning. You could see lightning popping outside the windows and just a very scary atmosphere. And when this was happening, he said he looked around and people, some of them were in terror. I mean, they, they were praying. Some of them were praying. Some of them were clenching onto the seat. Some of them were just in fear talking to each other. But he looked back and looked back and he saw this one little girl back there. And this little girl was just kind of sitting there with one leg under her seatbelt on. She's reading her book. And she'd read her book a little bit and look up like she's thinking about it, you know, and then she'd look back and read it again. He thought, what is it with this kid? And so because she was behind him, he decided when he exited the plane, he'd wait just a minute or so, and, and that way he could talk with her and, and find out. And so he let a few people go by, and here comes a little girl. He said, he said, he said I want to ask you something. He said, when that plane was going all up and down and every which way, and man, people were afraid and everything, weren't you afraid? Didn't we? She said, no. He said, you were afraid at all? She says, no. He said, well, can you tell me why? And she says, yeah, sure. She said, my daddy's the pilot, and he's taking me home. Her confidence was in her dad. Folks, have your confidence in Jesus. Have your confidence in the heavenly Father. Have your confidence in the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? He's taking us home too. Don't look at the things around you. Let that hold a force around you. No, break those things away and say, God, I'm going to live for you. If you would bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment here. And maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision this morning. And, and you need to. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, would you be so bold as to raise your hand up and say, I want him to come into my heart today because I want to pray for you if you do. Anyone else? Anyone else? Well, we're going to pray for, we're going to pray for you now. All right, you can put your hand down. And I want to ask you this for those others that, that maybe haven't done what you know you need to do for God, or maybe you've been slow about it, or maybe something's happened. Maybe your father died, or, or maybe your father never was the father he should have been to you and treated you the way he should have been treated, maybe even abused you. Listen, listen, listen. The Holy Spirit wants you to know this morning that your heavenly father loves you, and everything that your, your father, if, if something happened to him and he, and he couldn't accomplish his work on earth the way it should have been, guess what? The heavenly father will in your life if you'll let him. So if you're here today and say, I want to do, I want to do for the Lord. I want to do things. Maybe you've realized this morning there's things you need to do that you had to come. Anybody else that would raise their hand and say, yep, I want to do. There's things I'm recognizing that I need to get accomplished because our time is short on this earth. He's coming back. Anyone else? I want to pray for both of them. First of all, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe he died for me and the world. And I receive him into my heart today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. 
I believe you. And if you meant that and believe that, yes, you're, 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 you've asked him in your heart. Now, Father, I pray for those two that raise their hand and realize there's something they need to do that maybe they haven't done or they need to step out, Father. I pray, Lord, give them that boldness. Give them that strength. Lord, I pray that all around them there'll be opportunities and they'll recognize them, begin to see things through eyes. As Mary did, let let them see things, Father God. Be taught by you and your word and go forth and accomplish great things in the mighty name of Jesus. And for that, we thank you. Amen. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear about it please email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.